You are Locked On Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Wednesday. We are back and doing it. Locked On Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it is your team. Every day, I am your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. And yeah, there's still not a heck of a lot to talk about right now when it comes to Michigan. Uh, and I know there, there, there's people out there saying, oh, we've got so much to talk about. Like, we've covered pretty much everything except for NIL and recruiting. And we're going to kind of talk about that, not in any specific players, because I haven't been uh, a recruiting reporter, really, as many who have watched, listened, or read can attest of the last couple of years. Uh, that has not been uh, in my wheelhouse. It's not been in my forte. It's a whole different thing to be able to uh, to do that with regularity. But I have some general thoughts. I, I still don't know what Michigan, and no one really does, right? No one's out there providing any like specific instance of, here's what Michigan's missing aside from pay for play in recruiting in NIL. As a matter of fact, right now, like there was a graph that came out that showed Michigan is number two in NIL as far as players who are already on in the program. So to me, maybe it's a marketing thing. Uh, maybe it's just not being as upfront with some of the info as they could be. Right now, it's not exactly evident exactly what Michigan is missing. But uh, that said, as far as recruiting and all of that's concerned, I'm not terribly concerned with what 2023, and I almost said 2018 because it's a little bit of a Freudian slip there, about the 2023 class as it stands. Um, It's... By the time that you listen to this or watch this, uh, there are machinations that the class will be bigger. Uh, so there is that, that there will be another another person in the class. I want to pull up the, the 2023 20, commitment list here to go over for a moment. But uh, it's... Is it disappointing given what Michigan's been able to do? Because, yeah, 2018 was coming off of a 9-4 season in 2017, whereas Michigan's coming off of a 12-2 season and is currently 13-0. Yeah, it's disappointing, but clearly the landscape has changed. And uh, we don't really have much specifics on what it is that's changed other than for play, which Michigan's clearly not going to do. But when it comes to this class, if everything holds with the players who are in the fold at the moment, Michigan is, according to 24-7 sports proper, 19th in the country. According to the composite, it's 21st in the country. Uh, And certainly that's all going to change with a bevy of commitments between early signing day, a week from today, and uh, national signing day in February. A lot of the the big fish that Michigan wants are still out there. Nicholas Harbor, Malachi Coleman, who it's not a good sign that he canceled his official visit. Uh, But just to kind of go through what Michigan has, looking at the commitment list, 18 commitments as of the moment. 
Well, the highest rated commitment is a defensive lineman, defensive tackle in Enoetta. Uh, it seems quite solid to the class, 116th overall. Then you've got running back Cole Cabana at 168th overall. Uh, then you've got offensive tackle Evan Link, 268. I mean, it falls off hard, right? So they have six four-stars committed at the moment, a lot of three-stars. And while that is disappointing, and I've done this before multiple times, whenever seemingly whenever anyone's upset about recruiting, is I go through 2017 and 2018. 2017, if you remember, was hailed as one of the all-time great Michigan classes. Ranked fifth overall. Everyone was just fawning over it. Let's just go over that 2017 class for a moment. Donovan Peoples-Jones leads it. Five-star. Aubrey Solomon, five-star. Aubrey was only around for two years. One year, two years, one year. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones did not play like a five-star. He is right now in the NFL, but did not play like a five-star. Played like a middling four-star. No offense to Donovan. Cesar Ruiz lived up to his four-star status. Luigi Villain didn't pan out here thanks to multiple injuries in high school. Drew Singleton ended up transferring to Rutgers quickly. Ambry Thomas lived up to his four-star ranking. Jordan Anthony. Did nothing at Michigan's transferred a few times. Chuck Villiaga did nothing at Michigan's uh, did, did really well for Minnesota this last year. Tariq Black, after his injury outside of those first couple games, did next to nothing at Michigan. Dylan McCaffrey transferred out. Nico Collins lived up to his four-star status. Oliver Martin did nothing at Michigan. Josh Ross lived up to his four-star status. James Hudson transferred. Darren Irving Bay transferred. Jalen Kelly Powell transferred. Corey Malone Hatcher Medical uh, disqualification, Amori Samuels, law problem slash transfer, Donovan Jeter. There's, you know, <laughs> hard to get into that one, but wasn't quite the same after his injury. I can say that much. Jeraymond Hall transferred, Benjamin St. Juice transfer, Andrew Stuber was a three star, the first three star listed, definitely played like a four. Jameric Woods transfer, Brad Hawkins, a three star. Certainly played like a four. Joel Honigford still on the team. I'd say he's an accurate three-star. Philip Paya just recently transferred, but didn't really do anything before it. Quiddy Pay, fourth to last, as a three-star. Best of the class. Ben Mason, three-star. Was very productive at Michigan. Kurt Taylor transferred. Brad Robbins still rocking it out as a two-star. 2018, let's go to it because this is very instructive, right? So Michigan had seven four-stars and the rest were three-stars, no five-stars. Highest-rated recruit, Aiden Hutchinson, four-star, 112th overall, obviously played like a five-star, was indispensable to the team. Cam McGrone, four-star, played like a four-star, Left early, probably could have stayed. Mustafa Muhammad, transfer. Miles Sims, transfer. Joe Milton, transfer. Jalen Mayfield, played like a four-star, got drafted early. Ryan Hayes was playing like a four-star, uh, and uh, Michigan's benefited. Now the rest are three-stars. 
Jamon Green, starter, playing like a four-star. Christian Turner, transfer. Taylor Upshaw, three-star, playing like a, a low four-star, I would say, at this point. Sammy Faustin, medically disqualified. Uh, ben Van Sumeren, transfer. Julius Welskoff, three-star, accurate. Vincent Gray, three-star, played a senior year like a four-star. Michael Barrett, three-star, playing like a four-star. Luke Schoonmaker, three-star, playing like a four. Hassan Haskins, three-star, who played like a five-star. German Green, three-star. We haven't really seen him outside of special teams. Ronnie Grail, Bell, three-star, playing like a uh, a four-star. He's had his five-star moments. Jake Moody, uh, who uh, was unranked and uh, has just been absolutely phenomenal. And then it has Andrew Russell, whose name I've never seen before. I don't know what that is. Um, so, yeah, when I look at 2023... Uh, you, you got to feel good about the four stars they have. Two offensive linemen in Evan Link and Amir Herring, a tight end in Deacon Tanielli, you know, at a defensive tackle, Cole Cabana, who's really was a track guy, who's really gotten bigger and looks like an absolute beast, Was did really well uh, this year. And then a uh, linebacker in uh, Samaj Bridgman. Uh, behind them, I mean, there's a bunch of guys that I think could be four-star type players. Looking at interior lineman Nathan Nafobi, wide receiver Samaj Morgan, who's going to be in, uh, be practicing with the team, according to EJ Holland at uh, On3. Um, Cameron Calhoun, the uh, Cincinnati, Ohio cornerback. Um, really like Jason Hewlett, athlete, linebacker, what have you, um, from Youngstown, Ohio. Zach Marshall is a tight end that has that type of frame and has been really good. Lots of big things from Brooks Barr, uh, the Illinois-based defensive tackle. And then from there, we'll see. Kendrick Bell, can't count him out. He's, a, he's a, in the Bell family. He's been phenomenal in high school. So if they can finish with some different guys, they can finish with, uh, you know, a Nicholas Harbor, uh, whether they can, can get a Jair Hill, if they can get Malachi Coleman. Um, and there's a couple others out there whose names I'm just not thinking of at the moment. Uh, we can we can look momentarily here, but they can be in a much better place. We'll just continue this conversation momentarily. Um, but uh, before we do, listen, if, if you're looking for the holidays to, to eat or give the gift of great food, there's no place better than Omaha Steaks. I love a great steak. I know most of you out there probably do too. I mean, heck, when uh, when we were at the Big Ten Championship for the second straight year, went to Prime 47, is that what it's called? In downtown Indianapolis. And uh, I got me a uh, dry-aged ribeye, bone-in. It was amazing. You can get the same type of thing from Omaha Steaks. And guess what? This is insane. Omaha Steaks has just cut prices 50%. Site-wide. It will make you the best gift-giver hero, gift-giving hero, rather. That you've always wanted to be. The holidays are here. Achieving gifting greatness when you give the gift of perfectly aged, tender, and delicious Omaha Steaks. Omaha Steaks have put together a delicious selection of various gift packages to make shopping for the ones you love nice and easy. Uh, go to omahasteaks.com. Take advantage of the 50% uh, fifty off site wide. Plus, use the code LOCKDOWN at checkout to get an astounding $40 off of your order. It's $40. 50% and $40. can not beat that. Omaha Steaks has everything you need to give a gift that's simply perfect fit. Send an assortment of mouthwatering favorites like the delicious butcher's cut filet mignon, 
air-chilled boneless chicken, ultra-juicy burgers, and even easy-to-prepare comfort food meals that are ready in a flash. Don't wait. Order today and beat the shipping rush. Go to omahasteaks.com and use the promo code LOCKDOWN at checkout. Omaha Steaks is a gift from the heart, a gift that will be remembered with every unforgettable bite. Order with complete confidence today, knowing that you're ordering the very best. Visit omahasteaks.com. Take advantage of the 50% off-site wise. Plus, use the promo code LOCKDOWN for $40 off of your order. That's Locked on at checkout. Get extra $40 off of your order. The minimum order may be required. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, if I was to bet, I would say this is going to be one of our shorter shows. Even though we're we're talking recruiting and, and all of that, NIL, like I said, I don't... No, I mean, you have to have faith in Santa Ono, and he seems to be one of those types of presidents that's fully committed. I've told you the story, and I'll reiterate it here again, that uh, when I was still uh, a Michigan alum, yeah, I'm, guess what? I'm not wearing a, another school shirt, so y'all can stop bothering me about that. Uh, I was uh, a uh, angry Michigan alum about the uh, the Shane Morris, Dave Brandon, Brady Hoke incident. Met up with uh, Pre- President Dr. Schlissel at a meet and greet through the alumni association. I was the first person to talk to him. He wanted nothing to talk about with that. He was like, you don't want to talk about economics? No, I don't. Guess what? No one here does either. He never understood that football is the front doorstep of the entire university. He didn't understand that. And he didn't understand that when we leave, a lot of us who went to the school, we care. Like, yeah, we care about our degrees and we care about the academics, but we care just as much if not more about the football team right that's that's where it's at so uh he didn't care santa ono seems to really care i mean i'd never seen schlissel uh at uh at an away game let alone a football game period I don't, i've never seen schlissel at a football game i've seen santa ono at like six of them including the big 10 championship like that should tell you exactly how into it he is right so uh, he'll get that figured out. But as far as recruiting is concerned, I, I like a lot of what Michigan's doing. You can take a flyer on a class like this one, if, as long as you follow it up with a good one after that, and you better develop the heck out of those guys. They did a great job in 2018. I mean, listen to that hit and miss uh, ratio on 2017 to 2018. It was way more hits in 2018 than 2017. In 2018 was rated um oops i gotta switch back here 2018 was the and here we've got it all all mixed up here all bunched up here 22nd in the in the country so that should tell you a little something right so certainly there's some guys that can really elevate this whether it's uh nicholas harbour 16th uh rated player in the country Michigan still feels like the team to beat. I know he had a really good visit to Maryland. Again, Michigan's got to be right up there. Track certainly is high up for him, but get him. 
things change in a hurry. Malachi Coleman, certainly things aren't looking that great for him since he canceled the Michigan visit. Um, but, uh, and there's some others like Jair Hill, 194th overall. And uh, if they're able to flip Aaron Gates, I'm doubting that's going to happen at this point. And those are your top, top guys that they are in a good position with. And then if they can get a surprise or two along the way, right, like they did last year, no one at this time, uh, well, I'm not sure what day early signing day was. I'm sure it was, I think it was a little earlier this last year, but no one uh, a week before early signing day was talking about Darius Clemens or Derek Moore, right? No one. So they have opportunities, right? Like, yes, we were talking about Amari and Walker and are they going to be able to get him? We're talking about Don, you know, two years ago, talking about Donovan Edwards, my memories lumping those together. They have opportunities that certainly there's probably a guy or two out there that we're not talking about that suddenly is going to be like, wow, how did they get that guy? Right. You know, maybe they end up pulling like out of nowhere. I'm not saying they will. I'm not even saying they're still recruiting him. Maybe they're able to pulling a Jagasha from from uh, Notre Dame. Right. You don't know. Right. It, it can happen out of nowhere. That's the, the wonderful thing about recruiting. But uh, there, there are certainly opportunities there. And I like what Michigan's doing in the transfer portal. And that's the, the next part that I wanted to kind of get to is that uh, they've had like a sniper-like approach. And I like that if you can retain the talent you recruit and develop it. Because, I mean, you, you, when you're recruiting a guy, you already know the, hypothetically that they fit your vision. They already know what the culture is right away, and they know know how to. Uh, they learn as they go along how to ingratiate themselves in the culture, and that's the good thing is that Michigan has finally reestablished the culture. And uh, so then you have you have that aspect, and then they can matriculate through the program, and either they get better, they 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 don't, or they stay. You know they are just a bit player or scout team whatever or they really end up developing and being a player and then you can go out and find your difference makers instead of building your entire program around transfers like we've seen like Michigan State do worked great for one year but it is not sustainable as we saw this year it's it's one of those things if you can go and say we want you, you're going to come in and you're going to win the Remington Award, which is something that I had predicted would probably happen with Olu, that he ends up doing it. Uh, or you, you can go and find a guy who has all the talent in the world, needed something of a redemption story in Yabioki. I mean, that's exactly what you want. And you look at Ladarius Henderson, who they're bringing in from Arizona State. You watch just those few clips that are floating around, and he's out there being physical and pancaking guys and all of that kind of stuff. And it's like, it's exactly what Michigan needs, right? It's the continuation of what they already have. And then they'll bring in a, a couple, you know, guys here and there that, you know, maybe they, they have a couple plays. Maybe they're just a depth player looking at Jordan Whitley from two years ago, looking at Cam Good this year that haven't really seen a lot of them per se, but they are still, you know, contributors to some degree. You go and get a guy or two like that. That's 
it's better to it, it's it's like the NFL, right? It is better to take your talent that you already have that you get through the draft and develop that than it is to go out and build a team out of free agency. That is true in the NFL. It's just as true in college. You build your team off of free agents. Yeah, it could have a one-year great effect. The problem is, unlike in the NFL, you might go and get a Kenneth Walker Jr. or Kenneth Walker III, rather. You only got him for one year, right? You, Michigan goes out and gets old. You hit, they have him for one year, and then he's gone, right? You're, you have one-year rentals because everyone's got to move on at some point in the college ranks. So... I think that Michigan's doing it the right way. All right, I'm going to continue on with uh, just a couple thoughts that I shared on SiriusXM earlier today. Uh, we talked about Jim Harbaugh and about the fan base and how it feels uh, in regards to Jim Harbaugh. Uh, I want to just kind of reiterate some of the things that I said there. Uh, but before we do, betonline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and World Cup. We've got it all on betonline.net. If you love sports, you can even find those at bet. Uh, sorry, sports podcasts. Duh. You can find those at BetOnline as well. We are always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, a couple quick thoughts Um, before I get into the Jim Harbaugh thing. Actually, as I was saying that, I was thinking my comments on JJ were uh, a little bit more profound, I think. But we'll just do a little bit of both. Um, I think I mentioned the JJ thoughts that I had on the podcast last week or two weeks ago or whatever anyway. But I think the interesting thing about JJ is that he seems to be playing better in bigger games. I like what Scott Bell wrote about JJ is that after the Ohio State game, if you play the way that he did and you get a win like that on the road, that changes things, right? That changes your confidence, that opens things up, that certainly like you can suddenly you know you can do things at the college level when you go out and beat the number two team in the country the way he did, throwing three touchdowns and running for another. You know, that certainly uh require you know will give you a bona fide attitude adjustment but he's really played his best football not by completion percentage but by the actual big throws he's made in the last two games and that is huge as for Jim Harbaugh I think the thing that's interesting and that they asked me was you know just two years ago people were ready to run him out of town and certainly it wasn't I don't even think it was necessarily a majority of Michigan fans but it was certainly a large subset and he's, they asked, well, how do they feel about him you know, now? I mean, the, I was asked by Jacob Hester. He's like, you know, we were doing really good. I played for less miles. But, you know, at the same time, there were some people, even when we were doing really good, that were ready to get rid of him. Uh, my answer there is, as long as he beats Ohio State and wins the Big Ten, there is no one that is going to want to get rid of him, right? I mean, especially if you beat Ohio State and Michigan State in the same season. But even then, you know, you beat Ohio State, no one remembers that Michigan State game anymore. You know, it, the Michigan State game isn't something that people are going to go back and rewatch. I don't think. I can't imagine. Uh, but the Ohio State game is one. If you get those big types of wins, 
even if your record is as it is, two and five against Ohio State, Ohio State fans can come out and say all they want, and they say it all the time. It's two and five, not worried. Well, you should be because <laughs> against Ryan Day, he's two and one. Against your current head coach, Urban Meyer isn't around anymore. And you can sit there and make that strictly a Jim Harbaugh problem, but maybe it was also an Urban Meyer was really good coach issue, right? And now he's not around. And you're only as good as your most recent seasons, and, and Jim Harbaugh has been phenomenal uh, when it comes to uh, to that. So uh, I, I can't envision anyone wants to uh, to see him go at this point. Uh, I think that the good thing is is that this team finally looks like what I think everyone expected it to look like. You know, no one expected it to be an air raid, and then 2019 kind of suddenly made us think, okay, maybe it will be. Um, But everyone expected it to be a physical team up front, that they were going to be very creative while running uh, power-type schemes, running pro football schemes, and would be able to run the ball at will and be physical on the other side in the defensive uh, trenches. And that's exactly what Michigan is. And I think it's crazy that people still aren't on board because you look at what Georgia did last year and you're looking, staring down the barrel of a potential Georgia-Michigan national championship game. If that happens, I mean, that I, I would imagine more teams are going to try to emulate, right? Because the high-flying offenses of TCU and Ohio State, if they get shut down and get beaten by uh, – tough-nosed defenses that have uh, more traditional offenses. Uh, I mean, they're not actually traditional offenses, but it's what we think of as traditional offenses. Then suddenly we'll see what happens, you know. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Tomorrow is the mailbag. Get your questions in on Twitter. It'll probably be, I'm guessing there's a strong possibility that it is like a midnight release because we got press we got uh, media availability and then i have uh, family plans at uh like 6 45 until like uh 11 o'clock so we might be really late uh on the mailbag but get your questions in uh and then friday we'll probably talk about that media availability and or the next one that we're gonna have um and uh yeah that will do it <laughs> thanks for watching and or listening we will talk to you soon peace